0: This morning to preach. Thank you so much, Graham, for your just sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. I really feel, as you've led this morning, just a, that sort of joy of being the people of God and, and celebrating what He's doing. Yesterday, we had a, a leaders' meeting. The, the Sunday morning service leaders got together. And I sort of mentioned, you know, quite often when we come and, and meet together, we, we might have different sort of expectations of style. So we might prefer the God of order. <laughs> Rather than disorder. Or we might say, you know, where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. You know, just stuck on styles. But I I mentioned this passage, I think think it was 1 Corinthians 14, verse 31. It said when you come and you bring a song or you bring a word or whatever, it says what's the purpose of doing that? It's to build up the church. Whatever you do, build up the church. That word edification. And it really is... The desire, I think, of, of the leadership team on Sunday morning to edify the church. Can any of those leaders that were there yesterday, you know, I had about 20 different Bible versions as you heard about edification as it was fleshed out in different Bible versions. Can some of you sort of remember the, the words that were sort of used to build up the church? Achieving, <laughs> okay, well, that's okay too. <laughs> Strengthen the life and the faith of the community. Come on, give us some more. There <laughs> we go. How did you do that? There we go. I love it. There we go. Whatever you do should be to help everyone grow stronger. Isn't that awesome? Whatever you do. Whatever the style looks like, whatever that looks like. This is the purpose of us meeting together. Just take, take some time just to read that for yourselves. It's my big head. It is. It is my big head. Thanks. Yeah, you know, I think it was Graham again. Graham that sort of said, "Why am I here to make you stronger?" And you should be saying the same about me and all of us. It's it's to make each other stronger in the faith. And I I think that's particularly fitting, thanks, Rosemary, as we look at this whole idea of spiritually strong and spiritual growth. Got A couple of Bible passages I'll just read out. Was that me that did that? Oh, good. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm getting used to this point it there, point it there. Okay, so the first one, Philippians 2, 12 to 13. Therefore, my dear friends, as you, have always obe- as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to, fu- in order to fulfil his good purpose. And Philippians 4, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I think about that first one, continue to work out your salvation <laughs> with fear and trembling. Spirit, I wonder if that's doctored. I wonder. I noticed that there were a few like that. Can you actually get that big? No. Honestly? It's just, I'm sure it's, but there's several like that. They're just like balloons, aren't they? Yeah, it's just phenomenal, look at that tiny waist and sort of, enormous sort of shoulders. But, but anyway, spiritually strong. Continue to work out your salvation. <sighs> work out. I'll tell you what, you know, 20, 30 years ago I used to do marathons, I used to do triathlons, I used to do all of that. But it's not going to help me now. <laughs> you know, It's sort of continuing to work out your salvation. I just think, you know, I know. I should work out more and eat less. I know that. But why does food taste so good? On it was on Monday this week we were at Luke and Rachel's. Are Luke and Rachel here at all? Yeah. Rachel's here? Yeah. Uh, well they had this most incredible Mars bar. Cheesecake. It was yeah, I think it was um Jackie's recipe. Thank you, Jackie, and thanks for nothing, Jackie. <laughs> it was it was astounding, honestly, it was just I'm not going to say heaven, you know, but it was—it was just. Oh, it looked beautiful and tasted fantastic, and you know, sort of. I had this tiny little sliver, wishing for much more. But anyway, it tasted so good. Oh, why does something that's so laden in calories, something that's so obviously bad for me, taste so good? Oh, boy, oh boy, and yet working out hurts. Fear and trembling. Oh, trembling. It's a horrible sort of feeling working out. But I know it does me good. I know there's benefits. I know I'll sleep better. I know my health will be much better for doing that. And why is it though that it was designed that bad food or food that's bad for you tastes so good and food that's good for you tends to taste less good? Why couldn't it have been the other way around? Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't it have been much better If the food that was good for me tasted good and the food that was bad for me, I didn't naturally want to gravitate towards. Physical exercise keeps us physically fit and a good balanced diet brings good results. But knowing that, knowing that, isn't always a guarantee that I'll do it. It's too easy to forget to do these things. It's too easy to lounge around. It's too easy to gravitate towards tastier, more convenient takeaway food, isn't it? It just is. The problem is that the longer I do that and then put off exercising and continue to eat badly, the harder it's going to get to get back into it, isn't it? It's true. The more unhealthy I get, the harder it's going to be to get back into it and it's going to hurt. And I'll notice, I'll notice a short jog that 10 years ago I would have done, wouldn't even thought about. leaves me breathless, leaves me exhausted. It's horrible, horrible feeling panting for air. <gasps> What's well, amazing how, how similar spiritual and physical health is. It's so amazing how similar it is the, 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 the problem of desire versus practice. I desire to do those things that I know will build me up spiritually. I desire to do them, but, but I don't always find the time. Other things get in the way. I'll find that rather than a nice diet, of Bible and prayer you know there 's a great series on television that I just want to sort of get through and, and and you know I find that unfortunately, if I procrastinate, I really suffer. I really find that life isn 't as easy as it is when i 'm going well and going you know, praying and reading my Bible and, and fellowshipping well. I find that life doesn 't go as easy when i do when i 'm not doing those things, and I find myself wondering i I, I find myself sort of thinking, you know what, unfortunately I'm spiritually unfit. Unfortunately, I'm sidetracked. Unfortunately, those things that normally wouldn't worry me are really starting to bother me. Unfortunately, things that, that are normally, well, you know, relationships or, or interactions with people that normally wouldn't bother me, normally bounce off me, don't bounce off me so much. I tend to retain them. I do things that if I was spiritually stronger, I just wouldn't do. That's the bottom line. And I think the most sad part for me is I feel like I'm letting God down, not just myself. I feel like I'm letting God down because I'm not doing the things that he's given me to be spiritually strong. And how many of you long to be fitter spiritually, long to sort of allow life to bounce off you, allow things to bounce off you? I know I do. You know, a couple of years ago I just had this huge desire to pray every day. I just thought, I'm going to do this, you know. I'm going to be a prayer warrior. I'm going to commit, I'm going to start an hour a day. I'm going to put aside for prayer. But I found I got so easily distracted. I found that hour initially just seemed to drag and just seemed on my mind wandered. There's nothing new about that. You know, just before Jesus was arrested and crucified, he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane and he was there with his closest disciples. to come, pray and watch with me. Sadly, they all fell asleep. How many of us relate to this passage here? Matthew 26, 40 to 41. Couldn't you men keep, with, keep watch with me for even one hour? Pray and keep watch, watch with me so you won't fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Our spirits, they they want it. They need that feeding. The flesh tends to override what the spirit wants to do. I reckon Jesus nailed our condition. He's not just speaking to those disciples. He's speaking to all of us that would follow. He knows we'll struggle. We want to do God's will. We we have that desire. We've got reason to have a desire. God's given us that desire to pray more, to, 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 to fellowship with him, to spend time with him, to spend time in his word, to do these things that will build us up. He's given us that desire. So we've got to break through that distraction. We've got to break through it. And prayer that seems impossible will soon be something you are just racing towards. Such is the spiritual strength we can have. And that's the path I've found I've been on. I've longed to be in that place that Jesus was at, having just communion with my Father in heaven. And I found, as I said, I, as I persevered in prayer, I found it became easier. It's a bit like weightlifting, isn't it? If you, if you go hard straight away, you're going to find it really hard to lift up, I don't know, 100 kilograms. If you start with five, you know, eventually it'll get 10 and 20 and 40 and 60 and 100. Won't it? You'll get stronger. And similarly in our spiritual lives, when we start just with that desire, eventually we'll get stronger. So I found I wanted to pray. I couldn't wait to pray. And the second thing I found, which is the reason we want to pray anyway, prayer became more effective. I found that, you know, breaking through all that apathy and discouragement, I actually found that prayer works. I actually found that that prayer makes a difference. It was as if my spiritual muscles had grown with all that spiritual workout working out our salvation. And when we get physically stronger, we'll look fitter, won't we? When we get physically stronger, you know, big muscles looks great. But what's the point of big muscles if you actually don't use them? And wouldn't it be great if you're someone who's always been overlooked for physical work? Someone says, oh, look, we've got to move, oh, the communion table's pretty small, but we've got to move some sort of furniture. Hey, I know what, Andy, you lift it up. And, and, and no one's ever asked me to lift up stuff. But all of a sudden, Andy feels like, wow, this is great. Someone's asking me to do something physical. I think it's exactly the same spiritual. That, you know, sometimes we're overlooked or we, we might sort of feel like everyone else is sort of doing the, the, the God work, the, the big work. Well, all of a sudden, God gives us opportunities. You know, we're powerful and effective. Don't, don't you love that verse in. in James five sixteen, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Don't you long to see powerful and effective prayer? I know I do. I know I long for this thing called prayer to be powerful and effective. And I think God, you know, looks to us and says, "Yeah, I'd love you to be in that place because I've got great work for you to do, but you need to be much stronger spiritually." It's just the same with spiritual fitness, that practical overflow. That happens. God has got great things for us to do. The world knows what we believe and rejects that belief. Just this week with the scripture in schools, just hearing people en masse saying, get them out of school. We are so sick of Christians in schools. They know what we believe. However, those of us who understand we're receiving power from Almighty God... To live effective, authentic Christian lives are a force to be reckoned with. I think about Paul when he says in one Corinthians two fifteen. You know, it wasn't about wisdom. It wasn't about the mind. There was a, there was another dimension at play. This this spiritual realm that he says that's what I came to deal with. In a sense, that's where I came to show you God's power, not not with the the argument. With the power of God, when I came to you, I didn't come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God, for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness, with great, there it is, fear and trembling again. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom but on God's power. And I know we're very smart people. However, we're not winning people. We're not convincing people about God. But what about a display of the power of God that's greater than the things that are happening in the world, greater than that, something that just leaves them in awe of God? Again, we were looking at Acts 2 yesterday and it was that real awe of what was happening in the church in those early days that drew people in. They were just going, wow, this is incredible. And it drew people in. It's not just what we say, but this evidence of God's presence with us. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I seriously want to be like that, like Paul. I want to be like Paul, no matter what's happening. I can sense God's presence with me, strengthening me giving me hope, giving me life, no matter what's happening, trusting God's there. And that in, in, in ability to endure and overcome. Again, like working out physically, enduring the workout and overcoming all that, the obstacles and just getting stronger. And over the next couple of months, we're going to dig into a lot of these things and it's, it's quite substantial, the things that God gives us to be spiritually strong. Some of them will surprise you. But you know, as I looked... At what I'd chosen, Paul himself, this great missionary, was, was actually aware of all of them and, in, in some points, spoke about them and encouraged others to be part of it. For example, we're just going to go, I'm, I'm not going to spend time on these, this is what we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks. Paul spoke about prayer. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions, always pray, all sorts of prayers and requests. Just pray. Fasting is this, this interesting sort of extra dimension to prayer, this, this sort of really letting go of, of earthly things to just focus on God is powerful. You know, it was all part of Paul's calling in the ministry. As they fasted, they really sensed we need to, to, to sort of set this soul apart and then it's amazing what happened as a result of that. So, so prayer and fasting, dying to self, there's this whole dimension of life, this, this selfishness, this, this part of us we continually just have to overcome these, these, these sort of selfish desires. The role of scripture, scripture isn't just this nice book to sort of you know, put in your bookshelf. It's actually a powerful book. It's useful. It's God breathed. It's something that's alive, it says in Hebrews, something that, that's, that, that God can use to allow us to navigate through life, to to really lead and guide us. Resisting temptation, a huge one for us. Temptation, we're not immune from the, as it says here, I was afraid in some way the tempter had tempted you. And similarly we have this spiritual sort of temptation that we could easily fall into and so we need to resist that. The role of the Holy Spirit. We don't have to do it alone. In a sense, it's 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 like the, the, the presence of God that allows us to continue, that He actually helps us live this holy life. Focusing on Jesus, a beautiful one. That is somehow I I love that sort of that picture of fixing our eyes. Well, you know, where is he? But it's that it's that and it was interesting this morning, Zach as he was as I was trying I was just preparing the sermon this morning or or working with it. Zach was looking over my shoulder and it was quite interesting. I can explain to you spiritual, spirituality, but explaining it to a six-year-old, I'm, I'm failing here, Lord. But I sort of said, Zach, well, you, you look out there and you can see the physical world. Well, we believe as Christians that there's an extra dimension at play. There's this spiritual realm at play. And you know, that's, what we, that's what we're fixing our eyes on. Jesus, he's, he's there, he's with us. He's not far off. He's seated at the right hand of God now and he's interceding for us. Jesus is he's working on our behalf and so we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. Cultivating health. Isn't this a huge one? Healthy thinking. Allowing our minds to think good thoughts. Being really, keeping you know, keeping our minds captive, taking thoughts captive. And just refusing to allow that stinking thinking to, to, to come in. The role of suffering, again, an unusual one, isn't it? The way God uses suffering and testing. Romans 5, we delight in our sufferings, which produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character and character produces hope. So God can use suffering and testing. And again, perseverance. This, this not just expecting. You know, we're in. It's an instant world, isn't it? We all know that the instant way in which we can get things. But there's something about hanging in for the long term. You know, just trusting even when things are going bad. Just going, Lord, I don't want to give up. And you know, we heard a beautiful testimony from John last week. It's just, just that. You know, not giving up on somebody, and it bore fruit. Amen for that, just persevering, keeping going, even though things look like, like they're sort of up against us. And, and of course, not just doing it once or twice, but developing a life of, of spirituality, a life of sustaining spiritual discipline, making it a lifestyle. So that's what we're going to be looking at in the next few months, I really feel, as a community. And it's not just me individually, wanting to be spiritually strong. But it's the body of Christ that gets strong, not just one or two of us, but the whole body gets to join in this. So, so I pray that God will use this to really allow us to be spiritually strong. Now, what's the cost? If we make a decision to take these things up, we can expect to be tested. When I sent out the preaching roster, I said I, I sort of feel like it's going to be a very powerful year. For this church, for BBC, for the, I believe, the Christian community in the mountains. However, I don't think it's going to be an easy year. I don't think it's going to be a walk in the park. I felt it was a lot like resistance training. Resistance training is any exercise where you move your body against resistance. What's resistance? Any force that makes the movement harder to perform. So, for example, the the gravity that sort of working on you know that guy is just sort of having to work against not just the weights, but the gravity of it wanting to resist, you know, resisting his push forward. Resistance training. I, I sort of feel like that's where we stand in, in you know sort of in, in spiritual the spiritual fight that we're up against is there's resistance as we seek to advance the kingdom of God. However, the resistance as we persevere makes us stronger. Eventually what seems hard and, and it may seem the first time we attempt to do something, we're not that strong, but as we resist, that's going to make us stronger. And I, I sort of think, even though it hurts, you know, we could really laugh at how impotent the evil one is. Just like that first church, as they realised the power of God that was flowing in this thing called church, they could say something like this. Every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you've heard is coming, is even now already in the world. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who's in the world. I see that as like resistance training. You know, Even though there's a resistance, we'll find that we're stronger and whatever is thrown at us will make us stronger. I hope that's talking to you. That whole idea about, you know, God gives us these things to make us a stronger church, to edify us, to build us up. So that as we walk out of here, we walk out of here stronger. And we know, don't we, we can't, I can't just work out well one day a week. I can't just, you know, everything is going to be thrown into one hour on Sunday. You know, it's sort of, yeah, it might work when you're young, but certainly as I think, I think, no, it's got to be a lifestyle. It's made so much easier, you know, with these, these sort of, periods of exercise rather than just, you know, the the once a week. So it's it's making it a lifestyle. And as I was preparing this, I thought about, you know, the program AA and the 12-step program. It makes some great promises. However, many millions of people, not just AA, but many millions of people in other 12-step programs will testify that if they put the program of AA in their life, a beautiful Christian-based program that really just does show about how the power of God can help you overcome even the worst things that are seeking to sort of you know wreck your life, you trust God who's greater than that. In humility, if you say, God help, it gives them great promises. And I sort of think as a, as a community, as we look at saying, God help, strengthen us. Let's read some of these promises and just sort of see how, get inspired about how we can sort of expect some of this stuff in our midst. As we say, God, we're weak, you're strong, make us stronger. I love the first one. If we are painstaking about this phase in our development, we'll be amazed before we're halfway through. So it doesn't matter, we're not sort of expecting you know, in three or four or two or three months. You know, As we undertake this journey, we'll find results, amazing results, even as we start it. We're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past, nor wish to shut the door on it. We'll comprehend the word serenity and we'll know peace. No matter how far down the scale we've gone, we'll see how our experience can benefit others. The God of all compassion who uses us, to reach out to others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity disappears. We lose interest in selfish things, gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking slips away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and economic insecurity leaves us. We'll intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We suddenly realise that God is doing for us or we couldn't do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They're being fulfilled among us. Sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They always materialize if we work for them. It's such a, a similarity, you know. They, they've got the AA book. We've got the Bible. You know, if we can just sort of let it sit there on the shelf, or we could pick it up, and we'll find as we do these things, as we work out our salvation, that we can find the strength of God. Doing, helping us do things that we could never, ever do on our own. Amen. Amen. I think I'll leave it there. Yeah. I just pray as the, as the, as the band comes up. Yeah. I think about those words. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. Lord, you're the God who has taken every generation of the church forward, that you've given them hope health, power. Lord, we look to you. We look to you for for the, the strength we need to be spiritually strong to overcome the work of the evil one in our world, Lord God. And I and I pray even today as I've been speaking that is, if there's something that's spoken to people, that they would just take hold of that and they would, would just feel like, God's spoken to me this morning and I, and I feel, even though I came in here feeling hopeless, I feel... Hope. And I'm looking forward, I'm not giving up. And I do pray that Lord, those beautiful words, I can do all things through him who gives me strength.